At Global Genes, we know a rare diagnosis changes everything. You weren't given a playbook on how to cope, how to take that next step, and you certainly weren't handed a blueprint on how to build an advocacy organization or successfully bring a therapy to market. The good news is that rare disease advocates are some of the most inspiring, innovative activists on the planet. And Global Genes works to bring the community together to share best practices, create important introductions, and help catalyze powerful collaborations. That's why Global Genes would like to invite you to join us for the fourth annual Rare Patient Advocacy Summit on September 24th and 25th in Huntington Beach, California. The goal of this year's summit is for patients, caregivers, and advocates to walk away equipped with actionable next steps, whether you've been recently diagnosed or building a disease community, thinking about funding early stage research, actively engaged in developing a treatment, or have been advocating in rare diseases for decades. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org forward slash 2015 summit. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. The world of healthcare is changing, and patients today are taking a greater role in determining and coordinating their own care. Technology is playing a critical role in enabling the new patient of today, and Yabadu and its online care notebook is an example of the types of tools allowing patients to become active participants in the process. We spoke to Todd Kazakowski, CEO and founder of Yabadu, about the company, how patients use its platform, and the ways technology is allowing patients to take control of their own healthcare. Todd, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Daniel. Very glad to be here. We're going to talk about Yabadoo, but perhaps you can begin with your own story. I, I understand Yabadoo's origins are tied to your own experience with your daughter who was born in a neonatal intensive care unit. Can, can you explain? Absolutely. So Ellie was born, she was our second daughter and was born five years ago. And like any parent having your second child, she's the one that I guess you don't really prepare for. The first one is the one that you prepare for. And uh, Ellie came and, well, she had, a, I guess, a different set of surprises for us. Uh, she came out uh, with chronic seizures. And so she had a seizure every two and a half minutes for nearly three weeks. Uh, we were terrified, overwhelmed, and uh, frankly, uh, just not sure of the next steps. Uh, at the time, we were in our community hospital. We were transferred uh, to a much larger regional hospital, uh, further transferred again back up to the regional hospital. And, you know, in that time, uh, you really become the integrated health record system uh, for capturing information and, and sharing notes from one doctor to another or from a nurse to another nurse. And so it was a very terrifying time. We, of course, we scoured the Internet for information, uh, searching on all different engines, uh, reading message boards, and we really had no idea of what Ellie's condition was. Um, now, in time, um, she 
started to show signs of improving, and we dodged a pretty significant bullet, uh, really completely unbeknownst to us. Uh, she uh, was later diagnosed uh, with something called West Syndrome, which is a very rare disease, uh, affects a small population, uh, and she had yet an even rarer uh, condition of West Syndrome, which is they call the cryptogenic version. Uh, in her case, uh, it was a very benign version. And so, as I mentioned, we dodged a bullet. Uh, Ellie, uh, over time, her axons and dendrites uh, would reheal, her seizures would lessen, and uh, frankly, uh, five years later, she's doing incredibly well. She's been seizure-free now for, for several years. Uh, so that was really the impetus. At that time, uh, we met with many families who, frankly, were living in the NICU, uh, going through a worse situation. Uh, we felt completely unprepared uh, for uh, Ellie and for caregiving, and you know, we're, we're smart folks, and yet, you know, we felt completely unprepared. Well, and so, yeah. From an information management point of view, what are the challenges patients with a rare disease face? How actively do they need to track and store and organize information about their own medical lives? Yeah, it's it's so important, especially now where there's so many tools to make it easier. It's even more important. But you know, to you know, from from trying to uh, understand and streamline uh, patient care instructions, uh, capturing doctors' notes, lab tests, uh, oftentimes just reviewing the difference of a lab test from one month to another may invoke a question that a physician or a nurse may not be asking. And we found that to be the case with Ellie. We even found that to be the case with our healthy child. Um, and so those doctor's notes, uh, organizing even insurance information uh, and, and receipts and payments is just so bewildering and not even sure how to connect all the dots. And that's why Yabadoo was formed, was really to connect those dots to simplify the process of managing care for your loved one. Well, many patients with rare diseases use what's known as a care notebook, usually a three-ring binder with dividers and compartments to keep all the information they need in a single place. How do those generally work? Yeah, very poorly. <laughs> so uh, having had one, and, and typically after a diagnosis, you're right, uh, typically the hospital will give you a tote bag, they'll give you a three-ring binder, uh, an endless set of pamphlets. Maybe you'll take a trip down to the education room uh, which, frankly, nobody uses. Uh, it may be beautiful. There may be a wall of pamphlets. Uh, but, you know, in time, what happens, of course, is you go home and uh, you you put that material on your desk and uh, it just sits there. And so you may pick up a notebook, you start adding notes and journaling, and um, that has become the norm uh, from, for many families that uh, we work with, including my own. And so that was the process that we really wanted to, to shift. Uh, how could we make this a much more engaging experience to give the assurance to a family after a diagnosis or with a patient? Uh, what are those next steps that are needed in caring? And, and probably the second part, too, is that because the process has been so manual over the years, being able to share that information has been really challenging in, in when you come back home and trying to support a care team whether it's family members, friends, neighbors. And so with the advent of digital technology, with the ability for families to be able to share that in a much more private, secure way, uh, but also to have a, an index of that information, if you will, um, was, was really important for our families and, and for us. And that's, again, the, one of the hallmarks for why we created Yabadoo. Well, uh, how does the Yabadoo care book compare to a, a conventional care book? Yeah, great question. So 
With Yabadoo, we provide a library of care books. And think of a care book really as a playbook or a notebook on what you need to know and do in, in managing the care of a loved one with a long-term health care issue. And so inside a care book, we provide a collection of chapters that are uh, organized around what many of our families are already tracking today, um, whether it be medications, devices, schedules, feeding schedules, but also education and um, and resources and links. And so a lot of the content from these care books is created and delivered by national health advocacy organizations. Uh, it comes from health plans, uh, research institutions, and even provider systems now. So uh, when you leave a hospital, you're not given that tote bag and free ring binder. You're given a digital care book from Yabadu with your first steps on what they would like you to do week one, week two, week three, all in a very succinct uh, coaching way. Um, and I think that's a big point because often in caregiving, we expect all families to know what to do when they leave a hospital. And to equip a health educator, a nurse coordinator, even a physician uh, to have that conversation or to give them the tools to give to their population um, is really what the, the back end of Yabadu is about and, and empowering those organizations to deliver a more transparent educational process to deliver a better uh, way of improving health literacy uh, for, for families so they know what those next steps are. Well, walk us through how it works. How does someone sign on and, and start building a care book and, and what's the process of, of filling it out? Sure. So there's kind of two populations. So from the perspective of the patient or the caregiver, any of them can log into yabadoo.com for free. Uh, this is a free service. Uh, they have access to, for example, our basic health essentials care book, which allows families to manage just uh, one place to track uh, common family uh, health information. Um, and, and so they can snap a picture of a lab, te lab test. They could enter doctor's notes. It works on all devices, regardless of, of how old they may be. Um, and one of the nice parts, too, is within that library, uh, they have access to care books from national health advocacy organizations. So uh, with our partnership with Global Genes, Global Genes will have a beautiful care book uh, in the library made available for free for all families. We also have care books from other national organizations, uh, uh, groups like JDRF or American Heart Association will have content in there. Uh, and the reason we did this as a single unifying platform is that many of our families are dealing with comorbidities, other disease types. They may have other family members with medical conditions outside of the immediate scope of what they're caring for. And so to have one place with this content is very valuable. Um, so as families use this, they can open up the care book. They're guided chapter by chapter on, on what to know, what to read, maybe what to enter and capture, um, and have that guidance, that kind of coaching guidance. And then what's beautiful is each of the cards within the care book, you can think of a card as a kind of media-centric little app or a tool, uh, they can be shared with other members of the care team. So, for example, I may decide to show, share five or ten cards with you about Ellie, maybe her medications, her feeding schedule, uh, the fact that she goes to bed with this type of stuffed animal because that's what calms her down at night, or, you know, this is her uh, her favorite food, this is the type of mac and cheese. So those are things that will never find its way into a traditional health record environment and, you know, made private and, and 
for family that they can personalize. So on one end, you have the patient and the caregiver being able to use those care books. On the other end are the nurse coordinators, the health educators from whether your provider system, a health plan, pharma group, try to deliver better patient advocacy and education, they can log into our authoring platform and literally drag and drop their existing content materials into our platform. There we uh, we organize it uh, really in this you know, really beautiful way, uh, make it much more media-centric, and provide the analytics on the engagement of those materials. So it's, not only are they getting compliance data in terms of our families tracking and following the steps that we may ask them to do, uh, but also are they engaging with the content that's being created. So groups like Global Genes now can understand, are people reading the articles? Are they watching a video? Are they sharing it with their care team? If so, how much? Those are analytics that today are, are really not being offered and need to be uh, in terms of to better improve health literacy. And, and does that content automatically populate my care book or do I have to select it to add it to it? No, it does. It automatically updates. So one of the beautiful parts of this is a hospital, for example, or a pharma could could very easily deliver their content. They can make updates and very much in a parametric way, it updates everybody's uh, care books in one fell swoop. Um, and what's also nice is if those organizations are partnering with groups like uh, Global Genes or uh, 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 Autism Speaks or you name it, uh, any of their content that they update will also be updated in those care books automatically for the population. So it's a really nice way to keep everybody up to date, especially in the in the case of now in the world, there's just so much information to try to keep hold of and and trying to discern what's valid, what's not, what's scientific, what's not. Um, this allows, um, you know, with the partners that you trust, the care books that you trust, uh, to, to stay current with. You mentioned I can snap a photograph with my cell phone of a test result to to add a, a record. What about with an electronic health record or a provider's patient portal? Can I import data directly from there? Yeah, great question. So within the care books, we often in many of our provider care books uh, will link out to patient portals. Uh, many of our families will also add a link to their patient portal within the care book. Um, and what this does is that, you know, the goal, of course, is we don't want to replace those. We want to work in, in kind of symbiotic relationship. Um, but the goal, of course, is many of those families, um, and including my own, still struggle with using those portals. And hospitals, of course, are trying to drive up their meaningful use. And so what we've been able to do is really drive better meaningful use by encouraging the use of those portals. Families can log in. Uh, they can download a lab test. They can even download, in some cases, x-rays, and they can store that into Yabadoo and have that be in their environment. And regardless of whether they're working with one health system or 10, and that's usually the case with many of our, our, our families with chronic conditions, they're dealing with multiple health systems and clinics. And so that means lots of portals that they have to keep track of and manage. And so that data is today already spread out. With Yabadoo, we bring it into one spot. And as you work with, with both providers and, and payers, it strikes me that there's an opportunity here going from, from paper to electronic records that you can address issues like compliance and, and also gather real-world data about specific patient populations. To, to what extent are you doing that or is that contemplated? 
Yeah, it's very much in the uh, early works right now with our current pilots happening across our provider systems. Um, there's already an immense amount of data being captured in Yavadu, uh, and not traditional data, as you pointed. And so uh, families are, are recording, for example, certain behaviors that a child may exhibit in autism that is not being shown in a clinical setting. And so to be able to record that over a timeline, we provide a beautiful time history of, of, of certain behaviors for families for journaling and symptom tracking. And uh, that begins to create outliers uh, that uh, as more and more families join and they share their data uh, to the platform in this kind of de-identified way, we might be able to, to find these outliers for, for new results, new discoveries. Um, already, we have clinics who are using this for research purposes. Uh, one great example is we're doing a wonderful project around uh, sports-related brain concussions. Um, so um, we have coaches, teachers, school nurses, uh, parents all incorporating and, and watching uh, the child, their symptoms, their behavior, their actions, and they're recording and being surveyed. And that data is being compiled. And the goal, of course, is to then provide a, a care book, a protocol for sports coaches across the high, you know, high school scene across the country on how to best treat uh, a brain concussion, a sports-related brain concussion, and what the, the, the right protocol should be for the family. So that's a case of really a wonderful place where families can record information at home and make a positive impact uh, to, a, uh, to a study. We're in a world of changing healthcare right now where the role of the patient is changing. They're no longer viewed as passive participants, particularly in the rare disease setting. There's a great need for patients to take charge of their own medical life and, and help coordinate their own care. And, and technology is really helping to fuel this. How do you see Yabadoo's care notebooks fitting into this greater change? Yeah, it, it's a wonderful uh, change that is taking place, and it's creating um, really a drive behind the patients to explore the, the what-if questions. What if we capture uh, a certain behavior? What if we capture a certain result at home? Uh, what if we get other families who have this same rare disease diagnosis to do the same? And what if we... Um, then all get together and collect our data to begin to see what, what could become of it. Um, so what um, one of the ways that we manifest that is within Yabadoo, um, families can set up these care boards. And so the cards and the information that you may track or manage could be shared with another family who may be just recently diagnosed with a rare disease. And given the, given kind of a set of instructions to say, here, you know, here's here's what you can capture. Here's how you can help out with this disease. Um, and if we can get a population to do that in a really engaging way through this platform, uh, we might be able to make a difference collectively uh, in working towards fighting a, a cure or finding a cure for uh, for this disease. Uh, so people are very much taking it upon you know upon themselves and taking it into their own hands, which is wonderful. Uh, and now that we're walking around with so many of these mobile devices, the ability to record to capture. Um, and, and really make a difference is possible. Todd Kozakowski, CEO and co-founder of Yabadu. Todd, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Daniel. Pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about Yabadu and meet Todd Kozakowski, join Global Genes for the fourth annual Rare Patient Advocacy Summit, September 24th and 25th in Huntington Beach, California. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org forward slash 2015 Summit.
Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.